On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I answer questions about starting a business, about business partnerships, and about whether I would ever start vlogging. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 46 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 46 in that journey. Week number 46, and this is a late one. Hope you're well, by the way. Hello. Um, the time is currently quarter to one on Friday morning, so the day this comes out. Um... I broke a second week in a row, I think. I've broken my no caffeine rule. I'm wide awake. I have had far too much caffeine in the last few hours, and that's because I have just driven uh, in my own car for the first time ever between Corby, sorry, Wales and Corby. Uh, and yeah, didn't get to leave the office until about 7 pm. Uh, and then had to drive for what was in the end like a four and a half hour journey because of all of the road work. So before I started, I thought, look, I don't really care about the caffeine rule today. I'd rather get home alive than have a little tick box in a Google sheet saying that I didn't drink caffeine after 4pm. So had lots of caffeine, but that's not necessarily a good thing now because I need to be up in uh, about seven hours time because I'm in Corby right now for a day of filming with a client tomorrow uh, and it's literally just an in and out. So Corby tonight, wake up tomorrow morning go and film with that client, back home here in Corby tomorrow night, sleep, wake up, take my mum on a little drive on Saturday morning, just because I've got a car now, I can drive, exciting time, so just going to take her on a little drive, and then straight back to Wales, so it's very much an in and out visit, but that is how things are looking. Um, what have I been up to this week? Well, actually, since we last spoke, not to talk about driving too much because I appreciate the last three or four episodes have been very driving focused but the development there is that I picked up my car on Sunday picked it up from Kazoo in Cardiff and all is good it's a really really good car I love it actually I didn't think I could love a car because I'm not a car person but actually for the price I paid the way it looks and also the way it drives I'm just really happy uh, I learned in like a one litre car and this is like a 1.5. So although it's only a small difference, like it just feels like it can get out of the way of situations or get round vehicles on the motorway just so much more confidently than the car I learned in. So that has been a nice, pleasant surprise because honestly, I didn't know that there would be a difference. I know very little about cars. But yeah, um, I'll be honest, Kazoo has been like a four out of five experience so far. Uh, the car is good, the price was good, the service was good, it was delivered on time, but then there are just some annoying little things that have happened so far uh, that I've emailed them about, I'm yet to hear back from, hopefully they can resolve them, but things like, uh, rather than just cleaning the carpets in the back of the car, uh, and having them be their natural, I guess, faded colour, because the car's a couple of years old, it looks like they used carpet dye 
just before I took delivery of the car. So I picked it up in Cardiff, I popped my laptop into the back of the car, and then I drove to the office. And then I took my laptop out of the back of the car when I got to the office like half an hour later, and my grey laptop case was literally black, covered in carpet dye, and is now ruined. So little things like that, also in some of the kind of crevices of the car, it just wasn't very well cleaned, which is disappointing, but you know, these things happen, hopefully they can resolve it. Generally speaking, the kazoo experience has been a good one. And so yeah, since Sunday, I've basically just been trying to drive as much as I can, both on my own and with other people in the car. Um, something I didn't appreciate until I got the car is that, and look, this is a cliche that everybody says, but you really do learn to drive once you've passed your test. I didn't realise how much either isn't taught in driving lessons or can't be taught in driving lessons that the second you're in a car on your own, you're just like, whoa, like, I don't know what I'm doing in this situation. I need to learn very quickly. So it's been a stressful week in that sense, in as much as um, it's been a busy week in the office. It's been a busy week with everything going on. And yet the, the thing that gets me most worked up and perhaps most anxious this week has been waking up in the morning and knowing that I have to drive into the office on some of the narrow, horrible, congested Welsh roads and then getting to the end of the day and knowing that I need to drive back home from the office on those roads. That's the thing that has been making me, I guess, a bit panicky this week. But the drive this evening from Wales to Corby on the motorways, on well-lit roads, on nice, predictable 60 roads, that is all good. Like, I'm fine with that. It's just local roads where people are familiar and complacent and expect you to be just as... Um, well versed in where your car can or can't fit in certain spaces so they like come flying towards you on the wrong side of the road expecting you to tuck into a pocket that you don't yet know is there things like that have been and will i guess continue to be for a few weeks a bit of a panic but other than that yeah it's going well um like i say work is good all is good in the office um wales tomorrow evening goes into a firebreaker as they're calling it, lockdown for, I believe, two weeks, just over two weeks, which means that uh, everybody's going to be working from home. Uh, and essentially, the whole of Wales is about to close down. So hospitality businesses, bars, restaurants, pubs, uh, non-essential retailers, all going to close. Anybody who uh, I think doesn't have like an essential job should either work from home where they can, or it seems the guidance has been given, having spoken to a couple of business owners today, to my surprise, people are literally being told not to work. So my driving instructor, for example, cannot earn for the next two and a half weeks. The guy who came out to clean my car today has been told, do not go out and work. So lots is about to happen, or rather not happen, in Wales for the next two and a half weeks. So that'll be interesting. But on our side, like I've said a million times before, we're very well equipped to work remotely, both as an internal team and with our clients. And so, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, so what I'm going to do, I say what I'm going to do is if this is the beginning of the episode, I appreciate we're seven minutes in now. But what I'm going to do for this episode is just answer a few questions because uh, about 10 hours ago, when I was looking at my schedule for the day, I realized that I was going to get home at about midnight, which I did. And so I wasn't really going to have all of the energy in the world to be able to record this. So I thought I would just do a nice and easy one, pop a sticker on Instagram 
uh, ask you to ask me some questions and then I'm just going to fire through and answer a few questions. So I think I'm going to answer three or four because the questions this week, and it might be because I haven't asked for questions in a while, the questions this week are very, very good. I really like all of them. So I'm going to fly for a few now. So Kevin asked, have you considered vlogging or having a personal YouTube channel? Now, I'll be honest, um, I want to say no, but that's more because I don't actually want to admit that the answer is yes. But yeah, if I'm honest, I would love to do what I do on this podcast just in video format, but it's way easier and way more practical for me to do what I do here where I just have to sit down. Like right now, I'm literally sat in my bedroom on my bed recording into my laptop Um it's easier to do this than it is to have to pull out the camera every time something significant's happening or have a video set up like the one we use for our patter videos, which takes about half an hour to set up and another half an hour to pack down. And then the editing and the syncing over of the audio and so on, like at this point in my life with everything else going on, uh, unless and until such a time I can afford to just outsource it. Uh, like I know, for example, Peter, a friend of mine, Peter Watson of Distract, I know that he has Sam, a full-time video guy who follows him around, who uh, films, edits, and releases videos of his life. That's cool. That's a really uh, interesting way to document uh, both your life and your business journey. I guess this podcast is my version of doing that because, honestly, like I, I can't make the business case for myself to do that, uh, and I don't have the time, or indeed, if I'm honest, the the want enough of a want to do it right now but if I'm honest one day I'd love to do that because and this is something we preach to our clients constantly hence the filming day I'm in Corby to do with a client tomorrow video can cut through in a way that other mediums simply can't and although I don't have any end goal with all of this documenting that I'm doing with all of this content that I'm producing of course I'd be lying if I said that I didn't want it to reach people I'd be lying if I said that as I sat, sorry, as I sit here right now, uh, if I would, would I be disappointed if nobody listened to this? Yeah, probably. And so at such a time when I take this content more seriously, perhaps because eventually I have some sort of end goal of it down the line, I probably will move into video just because that is uh, the sensible and the obvious way to grow some sort of actual following around some sort of actual cause. But like I say, until that cause exists, until I have a reason to, uh, I think that whilst it is an ambition to record videos, it's probably just going to stay like that as an ambition for the foreseeable future. Uh, thanks for the question, Kevin, by the way. Hope you're well. Um, I always like seeing a question from Kevin because he is one of the five or six people who has been around since episode one, uh, who constantly engages, chats with me, shares the episodes, and I really do appreciate it, even this far into the project, because... I don't know about you listening, but on my end, um, I feel like some of these episodes, just because of the nature of what they are, are kind of short or boring or, you know, just not that exciting. So I'm really thankful to the small group of people who have been here the whole way through and continue to be here because, you know, it sounds sounds cheesy, but I actually feel like through the medium of me talking into this microphone and the handful of you responding to it and starting conversations i feel like i'm getting to know people that i otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to get to know so that's good james rutter asked what is it sorry what is actually needed 
to set up a business? Where do you start? E.g. do you have a business plan, costings, etc. So I guess there are two schools of thought here and I'm only really qualified to comment on one of them and that's because I've only really personally taken one of these two routes, right? So route number one is like the business school route where you you sit down and in forensic detail you create this enormous word document that strategizes every single aspect of your business from like where will you win customers to uh, how are you going to produce this thing and the intricacies of the supply chain and what is the cost of this transportation from x to y and what percentage of customers do we expect to return this thing like there are people who will start a business on the back of a 250 page word document uh, and that's one route to start to f to plan in enormous detail and then begin and the other route is essentially the exact opposite of that whereby you either have an idea to build or create something or through personal experience you or somebody you know experiences some sort of issue or uncomfortability in a certain segment and you say actually i think i have what it takes to fix this problem or i think i have a skill uh, that other people or other businesses are willing to pay for and so i'm going to build my entire business around that idea or around that monetizable skill um, and kind of learn as I go because, and by the way, just for clarity, I have very much taken that second path in business. Now, that's not to say that we don't have a business plan because we have uh, well, exactly that. We have a business plan. It's a short thing. It's a template that we use with our clients to help them understand uh, the seven key areas of their business. But I don't think there's any benefit personally in creating an enormous plan that looks in great detail at every single aspect of the business that doesn't yet exist. Because anybody who's run a business for more than two days will attest to this fact. Nothing ever goes to plan. Like, this is something that outside of the business community just, I genuinely think, isn't understood. Like, hardly anything in business goes 100% to plan, ever. And so, to spend weeks, months, even in some cases years, to spend three years in university working on some sort of business plan, to then launch it and see that everything is going to happen in the way it happens regardless of your plan, in my opinion, does nothing more than put you back two or three years, right? I believe that the way to launch a business, particularly if it's a business that starts small, I'm sure that there are uh fringe cases here for kind of enormously funded startups like kazoo for example kazoo is now uh what 10 months after it launched is now worth 2.5 billion dollars right i'm sure they had an enormous business plan to grow and scale and build their team and inventory and cash flow as quickly as they have but most business owners like you or i we're not going to launch and grow that quickly and so we have the time on our side to learn as we go and to kind of create this evolving plan which starts with action and so to me i think that's where everybody almost everybody should start their business they should start by making a commitment that they're going to build x thing or provide x or y service or product Get the very basics down so like who are your customers going to be how are you going to market to them 
through what means are you going to collect revenue in the form of sales? Is it going to be online? Is it going to be in person? Understand things like potential support issues, understand the technology stack that you need behind you. But beyond those basic fundamentals that allow you to take the first step, I don't think there's much point in doing an enormous amount of planning only because A, it's going to put you behind in as much as first mover advantage is a very real thing in business. And B, like I say, not to sound like a broken record, nothing ever goes to plan. So I believe that, you know, you need to pull from both sides, have a bit of a plan, but be ready to just start doing. Because when you start doing, you start gathering data, you start gathering insight from your customers, you start working out what does or doesn't work from a marketing perspective. You get to see your product or service in the hands of people who are going to buy from you and see what they like and don't like and so on. And then you can build a plan using real insight rather than build a plan using nothing more than like a crystal ball and a fucking degree. And so <laughs> that was that was a long-winded answer, wasn't it? But the question was, how do you start a business? Where do you start? And I think that the answer is in the question in as much as I think that the way to start a business and certainly the way I've started any of my ventures over the years is to have a rough plan to start and then to kind of make up as you go along because truthfully that's what everybody's doing uh, and as i say that actually i think of that famous steve jobs speech which you can find on youtube by searching like steve jobs graduation speech maybe and he basically has this line is it that speech or is it i can't think of it as a speech or the interview basically steve jobs has a piece from years and years back where he says that your life will change when you recognize that all of the things around you all of the, the cars you drive, the products you use, the things in your pocket, the services and the businesses you rely on were all built by people who are no smarter than you. And when you realise that, you realise that actually everybody in this, this game that we call adult life is kind of just making it up as they go along. Yes, they're calling on experience, which gets better with time. Yes, they're calling on skills, which they build over time. But to get those skills... And to get that experience, you have to just start. And I think that every business out there has truly been started by people who literally are no different to you or I. The only difference is they started, they worked for 10 or 15 years, and then they were called an overnight success. So there we go. I think the way to start a business is to just, just start, see what happens. Particularly in this climate, what do you have to lose? Probably not a lot. I mean, generally, by the way, that wasn't aimed at James, <laughs> obviously. Um, and then this is the third question I liked. It was from Peter who said, would you start a business with somebody you've never met? I think the answer initially is yes, uh, but I'll, I'll dive into a couple of areas here, right? So the first thing that comes to mind here is that I believe I did that. So I forget the exact timeline of events, but I ran Magnate with Zach and I met Zach through a random Facebook comment about an iPad or something. Like it was the the loosest of connections you could ever imagine where I went to school with somebody who was the year above me who posted a picture on Facebook and on that picture somebody had commented and the person who had commented was Zach. And I think I also commented on that picture and somehow the two of us got talking and then you know, like I say, this is years ago, I forget the exact timeline of events, but 
that turned into a conversation which turned into talking about business. Talking about business turned into me telling Zach about the business I was working on at the time. This was pre-Young Apprentice, so just before I went in there, which was the beginnings of Magnate, which, by the way, to go back to the last question, there wasn't a plan. We just kind of started, made it up as we went along. But we got talking about that, and then that morphed from Zach saying that he may know some business owners who would like to advertise uh, to somewhere down the line we became 50-50 business partners and we ran that business for about three or four years and of course we met afterwards but before we had ever met in person we had essentially formalized a working relationship which went on for three or four years and saw a business rise from nothing to achieve some fairly interesting things right so i think using previous data yes absolutely i'd start a business with somebody i've never met um i also think about a lot of the people i know online who i've even met like a couple of times like peter for example peter and i have only ever met what maybe three times i want to say two or three times and yet I feel like we know each other very well. I feel like I could have any conversation with Peter and that conversation would hold as much weight as a conversation I could have with somebody I've known in person for years. Same with 10 or 15 people I can think of online. I think in this day and age, even pre-COVID, but more so now, standing in front of somebody and looking into the whites of their eyes doesn't hold all that much weight because I think that particularly our generation, we have spent so long online, we have become uh, so well-versed in communicating through text and phone calls and tweets and instant messages that those nuances that perhaps could be missed by other generations, we pick up on. And so I think that we are generally quite good at working out who to trust and who not to trust, even before we've met them. And the reason I say that is because, of course, I think that as well as finding business partners who complement your skill sets and have a similar view of the world to you and perhaps want to go on the same journey as you, a big thing in a business partner is you need somebody who you can trust. Do I think it helps to meet that person beforehand to know you can trust them? Yes. But do I think it's necessary? Personally, for me, I, I don't think it is. I think I would start a business with somebody that I've never met in person. Let's have a look at some other questions. Um, Dean said, why did you buy a Ford and not a German whip? I bought a Ford and not a German whip because I think my car looks very good, if I'm honest. It was like £6,000 cheaper than a Golf uh, for a bigger engine, lower miles. Insurance was like two grand cheaper. I don't know, why would I buy a German car other than for Instagram? To be fair, I uploaded the picture of my car to Instagram, but you know what I mean. As in, practically speaking, over the three or four years I'm going to have this car, will the brand matter? Absolutely fucking not. Do I care what other people think of the car? Absolutely not. And so, yeah, I bought the car. I bought this car because I think it looks good. And also for the price, I think it is a very good value for money. Um, definitely more so than a Golf or an A3 or anything else in the same class that just happens to be German. And I think that's it. That is all of the questions that I've got. Someone asked a really fucking weird question, which is not going to get answered. Um, 
Here's a number one. What are you hoping to achieve in 2021? I'll be honest, I don't know. Um, I have, I haven't yet. That's a lie. I'm going to book a couple of days away in a random hotel somewhere in the UK to use up some of my reward points between Christmas and New Year. And I'm going to sit in that hotel room for two days um, without my phone, without social media, without texting people. And I'm just going to sit and reflect on this year and plan next year. So hopefully before the 1st of January 2021, I'll be able to tell you what I want to achieve next year. But right now, uh, with how busy things are, how we're still in the mix so much with 2020, but also with how unpredictable things are right now. I really don't know what I want to achieve next year. Um, so yeah, I'll be thinking about that over the new year. Right, I think that is it. Um, the time is now eight minutes past one. My voice is going, as you can probably tell, which is actually nothing to do with this podcast. And it's everything to do with the fact that that drive from Wales to Corby was basically just four hours of me singing at the top of my voice, completely out of tune. So um, that's why my voice is going. But nonetheless, it's a good excuse for me to wrap this up here. So as usual, thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 47 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.